5: Presented
1: by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
4: Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com. You can find it there, or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
3: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Here we are, back at it again in the Magic Radio Box one more time, and we have the gift of hyperbole, which I always love talking about hyperbole. It's a wonderful thing. So I, I bring up... A team that was the worst team in football last year, and we like talking about bad things because bad things generally lead to good talk radio. Like the Arizona Cardinals, the laughing stock of the football world, they're the number one pick because they were so number bad, one. so terrible last year. They have added another act under the big top, and and I'm talking about Steve Keim, the GM of the Cardinals who has outdone himself when talking about Kyler Murray. I don't know if you heard uh, what he said in an interview recently, but if you missed it, we'll catch, get you caught up to speed. So uh, seemingly with a straight face, the G- general manager of the Cardinals trying to explain why they had Sam Bradford, then got Josh Rosen, got rid of both those guys, and now they're going with Kyler Murray with the first overall pick. And uh, he says that Kyler Murray is just so amazing that he makes all the other moves on the chessboard worth it. And he he admitted it is unprecedented what the Arizona Cardinals have done here. But he pointed out that he really, really believes in Kyler Murray. In fact, the quote from Keim was that he said he's standing firm here. He says, I, quote, I just felt that Murray was a generational talent that I just couldn't pass up. It's an interview he did with The Ringer. Now, the key part of that, those two words, bada-bing, bada-boom, generational talent. Generational talent. Uh, Is he back on the booze? Uh, What's going on there with Steve Kime, the GM? Now, let's discuss the question. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Are you going to buy or sell Kyler Murray being a, quote, generational talent, unquote, for the Cardinals, uh, well, you, if you listen to the show at all, you know my position, you know my thoughts on this. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, I've got shoelaces, Mugsy, and in addition to that, we, we also have the obliteration. We'll get to that as well. It's a big word. Obliteration is a good word, right? You like that word. It's not a bad word. I don't know if you use it all the time, but I like the word. Anyway, all right, so... Uh, We'll begin with A. Kyler Murray is the biggest risk in NFL draft history. The biggest risk in NFL draft history. That's not me hyping this. That is reality. Because of his diminutive size and his limited body of work at Oklahoma, this is essentially betting on green double zero on the roulette wheel. Now, every once in a while, green double zero wins when you play roulette. But very rarely. He is the long shot of long shots. So it's kind of like if you were to bet on a fight, there's some big you know, heavyweight fight, the new thriller in Manila, or something like that, Rumble in the Jungle, and you bet on the boxer who has the shoelaces tied together. Who would do that? Uh, Kyler Murray took the field with Oklahoma, having better players than everyone Oklahoma played up until the game they didn't, where the Sooners were... They were just steamrolling teams right up until the moment they were exposed. And Kyler Murray was exposed against Nick Saban and Alabama. And then Alabama got mollywopped after that in the college football playoff. But Kyler Murray laid an egg. He sucked. He was so terrible in the first half. And then he had some garbage time numbers in the second half. The game was over for all intensive purposes at halftime. And even Kyler Murray doesn't think he's a generational talent in football. What's my evidence? He signed a professional baseball contract with the Oakland Athletics. If he thought he was a generational football talent, why on God's green earth would he have signed with the Oakland A's to ride buses in the minor leagues? I mean, you, you, you don't have to be Einstein to know what's going on. You, you know what's going on. He didn't think he could make it in the NFL. The A's offered him a decent amount of money. He took it. And then he walked back on his word. Right, playing for the Cardinals. I'm going to put this through the prism that Kyler Murray and Oklahoma fans, because I'm getting peppered by these boomer sooner guys. Uh, it, it's Essentially, Kyler Murray is now suiting up for Florida Atlantic or Iowa State or Kansas, and the other team is like Oklahoma. If, if Murray's a generational talent, then he should have no trouble overcoming the odds, right? It's, it's going to be just marvelous. It's like eating a corn dog at the State Fair. Everyone loves the corn dog at the State Fair, right? Anything deep fried you love. <laughs> just don't hold your breath. Now, part B of this, no point, no point in Steve Kime being indecisive. Now, I think he's a, he's doinked the clown and should be in the dumpster with Lenny Dykstra, but uh, you, you cannot be indecisive because he has already laid down the foundation. And once you lay the foundation down, it's, you know, how many people, we, I'm lay the foundation, then I'm going to come and destroy the foundation and start over. He's done that, but now he's doing it again with, with Kyler Murray. He, he, make no mistake, we said it the night of the NFL draft behind these microphones at Fox. Steve Kime has no choice now. He has put all of the chips in the middle of the table, and they all have a photo of little Kyler Murray right there. That's it. No, for better or worse, Kyler Murray will cement the football future of the general manager of the Cardinals. Now, my belief is that everyone in Arizona will be fired, as I said. It is the blind leading the blind. Now, if it was Blind Scott, I would be okay, because blind, blind Scott's given me a tour of, uh, of Boston. A walking tour, which is amazing, because he's blind. But this is the real, no-concept blind to the blind. Kyler Murray... He's not going to play long. He's not going to pay long-term dividends. There might be some beginners lock the, the beginning of his career before teams get a book on on Kyler Murray. But it's kind of like watching Muggsy Bogues. Now that's an old NBA player from a million years ago. But Muggsy Bogues played in the NBA. Had a decent career. I think he played about ten years or something like that. And he was all of like five foot three or something along those lines. And it's a, a nice diversion, right? Watching him play back in that era of the NBA for the. Washington Bullets, they were called the Bullets, or the Charlotte Hornets, uh, and, and others. I mean, Bogues made zero All-Star games, played about 29 minutes a game, played well at times, but he, he's barely bigger than a garden gnome, Kyler Murray, and so by football standards, it's the same concept. I mean, the, the NFL is filled. You watch these games. You, you watch a college game and then watch an NFL game, if you've ever done that in person, even the crap NFL teams, even the dreck of the NFL, the players are the size of Hercules, right? You know, King Kong running around, and it's not—it's not the same deal. Kyler Murray looks like a video game glitch. That's what he looks like. I said it first moment I saw him last week in his <laughs> exhibition debut. It's like the programmers at Madden tossed in a code. And if you type the code in, you can play with a Pop Warner quarterback in the Madden game. Kyler is, I guess he's a game breaker in peewee football, but this is adult football. So there are two ways that Kyler Murray can do a pratfall. Either being unable to perform because he's just not good enough, because we've seen plenty of star college players that stink out loud in the NFL, and also physically being unable to handle the abuse from the savages, the swashbuckling savages that will take him out. Now, the last word here. So Steve Kimes' track record tells you that this is not going to go very well, right? He has obliterated the NFL draft. Everything this guy has touched since 2013 has turned to vomit. And I'm not embellishing that. I, to prove my point here, let's go to the stats right and if you you're looking at past results i know they don't guarantee future outcomes however if you invest in real estate or you invest in the stock market you understand that they look at a likelihood right the analytics aren't perfect and all that but you look at likelihoods and outcomes and you work with that so if you go to the stat sheet of the 42 players before this year's draft of the 42 players the cardinals drafted since 2013 the start of Steve Keim taking over that front office as GM, more than half, in fact, it's closer to 65%, are no longer with the organization. All right, Not even with the team. And you say, well, that's mostly probably six or 7th round pick. No, it's 64.2% have left the organization. The Cardinals' first round picks, Robert Kempdichie, Loop's favorite player from 2016, he, he just got released a little while back. Josh Rosen Never was traded... And this Hassan Reddick is trying to come back. He was the 2017 first round. I think he went to Temple. And he is recovering from a knee scope, and uh, he's, I believe he's playing now. But we'll see how good he's going to be. So the the team is also on its third head coach in three seasons. That is the consistency of the Cleveland Browns in, in recent years. Three coaches, three years. And gets even better. This guy, Steve Kime, because everyone wanted to hire somebody associated with Sean McVay, you know what they did, right? I don't need to tell you that they went out and they got somebody that was a cabana boy for Sean McVay uh, for like a week or two in this uh, Texas Tech coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who was fired from Texas Tech, which you say, well, coaches get fired all the time. They can bounce back. That was his alma mater. He had a losing record over six seasons at Texas Tech, and they said, this guy is so incompetent, this Kingsbury guy. We got to get rid of him. And so here's what Kingsbury has done in the NFL. He's added snack breaks to practice with juice boxes and granola bars for the players. He's also tossed in social media breaks for team meetings. So guys got to update the gram. Loser. Social media, when it comes knocking, you got to take care of it. It is dysfunction junction. What's your function? We, We know what the function is. It's a screwed up mess, but it makes for good talk radio. So just remember this. We'll save this. I want everyone to remember this because Guy Murray, when he blows up and not in the good way, you say, ah,
3: you were right, but you just being negative, Maller. You were right, but, yeah. Right. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
4: So last hour was the hour of Kyler Murray. This hour, the hour of the Browns, in particular Baker Mayfield. These things keep popping up. Now, the Browns are one of the cool kids. They've not been a cool kid since, like, the 80s, and maybe not even since the 60s, but the Cleveland Browns are one of the cool kids in the NFL. Whoopty hell. In the offseason. Baker Mayfield has a theory on how this will impact Cleveland in 2019. Now, I want to talk about his theory, because I like theories. I have my own theories. And so Baker has his theory, so we'll we'll do that. So if you didn't hear what Baker Mayfield had to say, uh, he had a very long-winded quote in a magazine interview. But he, he said, I wouldn't say that everybody wants to beat us, meaning the Browns. This is a quote. I think in the media and everything that comes with the hype around our team right now, People want to see us, meaning the Browns, lose just because the hype is so real. That's what he opined, Baker Mayfield. Now, there's no question the Browns have gotten excessive media coverage. We've talked a lot about the Browns, more this year than in years past, although we've always talked about the Browns because it's fun to pick on them. It's, it's fun to goof on them because they're such an embarrassment. And so it's good, you know, the traveling circus that is the Cleveland Browns. But they've cranked it up a couple of Uh, of notches, if you will. So a a lot of this revolves around the very verbose Baker Mayfield, the loquacious quarterback who oozes swagger. Some say it's fake swagger, but he's oozing. You know, things ooze, they get your attention. Now, Mayfield also attempted to say that the belief stays within the locker room, which I love because he did this while talking to a reporter. So if it stays in the locker room... (laughs) Now, I've heard these wild stories over the years about Belichick with the Patriots, and and he uses some of these motivational techniques, but he never does it with the media. Like, in the locker room, Belichick, from time to time, will pull out, you know, they don't think you're going to win, you know, they think you're too old, Brady, and all that. They they use that kind of stuff, but they don't talk about it, they don't advertise it. And Baker Mayfield's like, it's right in your face. Like, right there. All right, so let us discuss. Now, the question, thumbs up or thumbs down, do you agree with Baker Mayfield's assessment of people wanting to see the Browns do a face plant and the old flopper? I actually agree with him. I am going to give him a thumbs up on this. I know a lot of the other guys in the in the media are like, oh, I don't know. I disagree. Nobody cares about the Browns. My, now, my evidence here, I, I, I have Eddie, who uh, I, I am on the Brown bandwagon. I think the Browns will make the playoffs this year. I've said that very clear, clearly in the past. And uh, Eddie's biased. He's a Steelers fan. And he doesn't think so much. But my observations, I've got meat and potatoes, the straw man, and the arch villain. And we will put all of these things together and we'll make a banana cream pie. That's what we're going to do. Now, number one, the the Cleveland Browns, no matter what what happens in the regular season, it doesn't take away from the fact that they are the darlings of the offseason. They won the Odell Beckham sweepstakes. They got Beckham for a song considering how good a player he is. And they also gambled on Kareem Hunt, who's going to miss the first half of the year, the old Kansas City Chiefs running back who was electrifying when he played in Kansas City. So it has set up a tsunami of hyperbole. A literal tsunami. And you know this. And they have gotten the vast majority of the chatter. A great deal of high expectations have been put out there from the pundits. Cleveland went 5-2 and two to finish last year. So the last seven games they were 5-2. and two, And people believe that's going to carry over. Now we know momentum doesn't exist. There is no such thing as momentum. And certainly from season to season, it doesn't exist. You start over. You hit the reset button. So that's a, that's a little strange to me. I think, well, the Browns went 5-2 and two at the end of last year. They're going to go like that to start this year. That's not how it works. And it's this weird shell game. Like a three-card Monty game. That takes place. And the Browns are experiencing this to a degree, and so Mayfield's not wrong where you build them up to knock them down. You build somebody up, think they're great, and all this stuff, and then you take your axe and your Paul Bunyan and you're chopping down the totem pole. Cleveland has a group of flamboyant players who are clearly self-absorbed, and they love to play to the camera. And that, as we have seen over the years, and I like talking about these kind of teams and players, but I know it is Something that shakes up the sensibilities of the meat and potato football fan. The meat and potato football fan does not want to deal with any of this nonsense. Like, these grumpy curmudgeons. They, I don't like this. I want you to play football and keep your mouth shut and all that. You know that kind of thing. And it's also human nature, right? People love rooting for a lovable loser. The Browns have been lovable losers because they're so incompetent. The moment that stops is when they start winning. The Chicago Cubs, everyone loved the Cubs. They won, finally won the World Series. They're not as lovable anymore. The Boston Red Sox, You know, they've, they've been a dynasty in baseball the last 15, 20 years, whatever. They've won the three World Series and all that. But guess what? The, the Red Sox, they're not as like People felt bad for the Red Sox because they always seemed to blow it in the playoffs or the World Series or whatever, and now they don't feel that way anymore. Now, the, the second thing, Baker Mayfield is your classical like from the Renaissance, football player who is motivated by doubters. Right? And there's so much of the sports world that's like this. Like, you didn't think I could do this, and that's the driving force, and that's what fuels their passion. He's he's searching for negativity, and this is not new information. Now, he wants that jet fuel, Baker Mayfield, and we, we know he's been battling with Colin Cowherd, among others. Our colleague here at Fox Sports Radio... Uh, when I say colleague, he's uh, you know he's a big star and we're not, uh, but we do work at the same company. Yeah. Uh, so, so when when he can't find enough negativity, Baker Mayfield, he goes into his workshop and he creates a straw man argument to help enhance the rage. Right? Got to come up with a straw man. You invent something, but that is not what's happening here. On a, on a smaller scale, last year, who was the top team of the offseason? Who won the offseason last year? You can ram it all day. You can ram it all night. The Rams felt the same angst last season. They had fortified the roster with players like akeem Talib, Marcus Peters, and Damakon Sue, Brandon Cooks. Me, oh And what happened? Many people, I heard it all the time as a Ram suck-up, were hoping that Sean McVay would do a... Pratt fall and a trap door would open up and he would be eaten by alligators. I would say getting to the Super Bowl, winning the NFC Championship is not a lost year. The Rams lived up to the hype. They were in position going to the fourth quarter to still pull out the Super Bowl, even though the offense didn't show up. So, so where is the bar for the Cleveland Browns of 2019? I believe it's this. Win the AFC North. And make a little bit of noise in the postseason. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, Cleveland. I'd be shocked if the Browns go to the Super Bowl. But they can certainly make the playoffs. That's a very winnable division. It's a very poor division. The Bengals look like a six-win team. If everything goes right, they'll win six games. The Ravens have a sideshow quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who is a gimmick guy. No threat at all to throw the ball. Teams are going to figure him out. And and then good luck. We'll see if he can adjust. And then you've got the Steelers, who lost Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Well, Bell didn't play last year, but he's not playing this year for the Steelers either. And they will be depending on diamonds in the rough. How often do diamonds in the rough turn out to be sparkling? It happens. It also happens that you've got a cubic zirconia. Uh, that happens a lot, too. It's a fake diamond. So you know, the, the arms race, Cleveland is winning. If you look at the, just that division, forget about the rest of the AFC because the Patriots are still better and all that, assuming Tom Brady doesn't fall off the cliff. But just in that division, they are more talented from top to bottom. They got a bunch of of high draft picks. The defense actually was pretty good last season in Cleveland. All right, final point here. So here's my advice, unsolicited overnight radio advice to Baker Mayfield and the Brownies. Here's what you do, all right? You need to embrace your inner villain, Is what you need to do. This makes it more fun to me. You got good guys and bad guys. They are the team of show ponies, the Browns, mixed with wild child tendencies. So embrace it. Own it. You got to own it. Become the arch villain of the NFL. The team that people despise and they. Now that's already happening, but you got to really crank it up a couple of notches. Now you think of the most hated teams. And there's a lot of people that dislike the Patriots right now, but it's more because they win all the time than anything. Like I remember I was younger, the, the, the bad boys' Pistons. They hated the bad boys' Pistons, their attitude and all that, so they didn't like them. Uh, the Yankees get a lot of hate, but I think it's also because you know they win and all that stuff. But there have been a few teams that have stood out. I'm blanking on some of them. I think you know who they are if you pay attention to this stuff. But be the football outlaw. Be the desperado. You know you're running a bootleg operation there. And I'm not talking about the bootleg play. I'm talking about the bootleg operation in Cleveland, that menacing, evil empire uh, of the the NFL. Right? Y- you have an opportunity to become the arch villain uh, of pro football, as we we pointed out there. In order to do that, the Browns have to be good. Average doesn't make you hated. You have to be good. And if they they are good, they, this 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 to me looks like a 10 win team, right? 10 wins. Doesn't guarantee anything, but it gives you a pretty good shot to win the division. Not only that, that's a 12-win division. I don't buy that. So, 10 wins get you in position. And certainly the wild card, I don't know about that. I mean, you might have to win more because 11 or 12 might be the number for the wild card, depending on how crazy things get on the topsy-turvy AFC. Uh, But the, the other thing in play here, as we point out all the time, it's one of the great words. There's no synonym for schadenfreude. Did you know that? There's no other word to use. It's in the German lexicon, but there's nothing else you can say that is the same exact meaning as Schadenfreude, which is just people taking joy out of the misery of others, which is a wonderful term and is appropriate here. Like, people will really celebrate if Baker Mayfield throws 17 interceptions and five touchdowns to start the year, and the Browns get off to a one in six start. There will be people who will regale. Uh, it's in celebration, how huh? and, and evangelize about the Browns and what a joke they are and all that stuff.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m.
0: Pacific. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
1: Hi, checking in for
0: or the perfect table.
1: Hey, where are you
0: coming?
4: You know what I do believe? I believe in random questions. Is what time I believe for, in. Yes.
3: Time for... well, hurry, hurry! I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter. Send us your questions on Twitter now.
4: All right. For the rest of the hour, new clock, more time for Ask Ben. Your questions. We'll see if we have enough. Maybe we'll run out of questions, and we'll have to limit Ask Ben. We'll see how many questions have been coming in. But these are actual questions by actual listeners, like yourself generally we don't ask hardcore sports questions because we do that the rest of the time. We're a hardcore sports show, yes. Salt of the earth. So questions about us, questions about the show, kind of unique questions, if you will. Learn more about us. If you have a question about something, uh, our favorite type of pasta, fettuccine Alfredo for me. Any of those questions, feel free. All right, so we pass the microphones over to the Koopa Loop who has the reading of the questions. He's at the dais right now. Ben, we're going to start with a question for you.
7: All right. Uh, this is from Jason on Facebook. Hi, Jason. Ben, has anyone ever told you
4: you sound like Rodney Dangerfield sometimes? Uh, no, no one has ever told me that. Uh, although I, I remember Dangerfield's big line was, I get no respect. and I feel like I get no respect. So it's very similar. And I was in an elevator with Rodney Dangerfield in Burbank on Riverside Drive in Burbank, the radio station I worked at, Rodney Dangerfield was in there, obviously, uh, you know, a couple of years before he died, and I guess his agency was in the building, and for some reason it was there, I guess he hang out with his agent or whatever, and I was in the elevator, and I didn't say anything to him, and I was still upset by that. I could have said something to Rodney Dangerfield, and I just sat there and, like, stared at him, and, uh, and he got off the, uh, the floor he got off on, and that was it. All right, next, it's Ask Ben, Your Questions, Are Answers. Another
7: one for you, Ben. Back to back, belly to belly. What are your top three baseball parks that you've been to?
4: Uh, top three? Why? Well, you know, I love Dodger Stadium, but outside of L.A., uh, I, I really enjoyed Fenway. Although, if you're a fat guy, you need to sit in the monster seats because it's not fat friendly. It's not fat friendly. <laughs> it's designed for people that were the size of uh, like the night, you know, nineteen early nineteen hundreds. Robert Guerra size. Yeah, I like fun it. sized. I like Chicago, <laughs> although I have not been to Wrigley Field since they renovated. I, when I was doing stuff with the Dodgers, it was back in the Stone Age. They now they got big scoreboard there and all that stuff, so I, I don't know what that's like. But I enjoyed that. You know what's pretty cool? Um, well, I hate saying this because it's uh, an enemy combatant, but that ballpark in San Francisco—they yep. keep changing the name of it. That is beautiful, and I never saw. So I'm giving you more than three, but I, I like everything. Apparently, uh, I've never been to Camden Yards. I hear that's nice. Pittsburgh—I've never seen a game in Pittsburgh, but I walked around. The ballpark in Pittsburgh, and it was beautiful. I think mean, that the water, the bridges behind it were awesome. I mean, I even like that dopey train station in Seattle. That was kind of cool. Although it's annoying because that train, you know, the horns and all that go off all the time. But anyway. So, but I guess the top, Fenway, Wrigley, how boring is that? Um, you know those, those are some of the top. And the San Francisco one's beautiful because it's right on the water and all that. All right, next, it's Ask Ben. Your questions are answers. All
7: right, this is for the crew. Um, all right. This could be a dangerous question. Uh, it says, uh, what is the... Uh, this is from Alex on Facebook, by the way. Hi, Alex. Worst restaurant you guys ever ate
4: at? Um, well, the one I... The, the last time I ever ate at the... I don't know if I can name it. I'll, I'll give it by its code name, the Crazy Chicken. Uh, I ate at the Crazy ah. Chicken, and I had food poisoning, and I've never been back. I used to eat there all the time. I loved it. I was loved the food there, and there's one right across the street from where we work, and I have not been back. Oh, I love that place, man. If you've ever had food poisoning from a meal gone bad, you will not go back. You will not. You are at the throne with your head in the toilet. What about you, Eddie? Any meal? Any restaurant that you've had a terrible experience
8: at? Well, there. I, I won't name it because I don't want to be a jerk. But there's a there's a sandwich place in San Pedro.
4: Is it one? The one right across? No, no, no. no oh, that's that a good one. one. Okay, that's
8: so a good busy B is one. good. Busy bee is fantastic. Yeah. There's one right there on the main main road as you come into town. Everyone raves over it. I think it's horrible, just awful. What's I, bad about it? Is the bread just, not good? It's bland. The meat, There's bland. no real flavor to it. My my wife got me a sandwich from that yeah. place and I actually refused to eat it. Wow.
4: Is it maybe an order problem? Like you guys, they have nothing on the menu, spicy or anything? Nothing? Well, I, I, that, it's possible. Could but be on I, you. I
8: did give it a second chance after the first time and it was still terrible. So okay. I said, done forever.
4: Yeah, it's good. I mean, if you they don't like the food, don't spend the food's expensive. We eat out. Oh, what about you, Roberto? Anything that stands out here? Uh, used to be uh, what? when I first started dating my wife, she was a big fan of this breakfast place. Yeah. Uh, Tony Gwynn used to be a big sponsor of it back in the day.
7: <laughs> yeah, not a big fan of it. Breakfast is not so great there. No.
4: No, not for me. No, not for you. Not for me. You don't know, like the pancakes or something? Like they uh, no. the eggs. Yeah, the yeah eggs, the eggs, I got. Gotcha. Coffee's, coffee's not that great. Uh, no, no, coffee's not good. All right, what about you, Coop? Anything there?
7: Yeah, um, I've been to, and I've only been here once, so I, I only gave it one try, but it, uh, it rhymes with uh, Damus Faves.
4: Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I And gotcha. it was
7: just, it was very overpriced and very underwhelming. Yeah. And I never went back.
4: Yeah, I get that. Like a lot of people I I don't hate like Chick-fil-A. I don't hate, but I feel like the food portions are not big enough. I feel like the food they're jipping you on the food. That they, is
7: that is true. Yeah. But it's delicious. It's
4: really it's fine. good. Fine. Raising Cane's is better. But the, the problem is that, that she, my wife likes Chick-fil-A. So, uh, you know, she she's a heathen. I tell her Raising Cane's she's is She's the, the way boss. To go. Yeah. So, we end up eating there occasionally and I'm like, eh, you know, it's like eh, need bigger <laughs> sandwiches and order two. More of those uh Wedge cut fries or whatever they got there. The waffle cut. The waffle cut. cut. Damn, I'm getting hungry. All All right, right. (laughs) we'll press on up more of Ask Ben. Your questions, our answers for the rest of the hour. We'll get to that. We'll do it next.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: And right back to Ask Ben we go. Your questions, our answers So the rest of the hour. These are actual questions sent in by actual listeners on our social media channels. Ask, hashtag Ask Ben on Twitter and our Facebook page, which is Ben Maller Show. So here we go. Uh, Koopaloop, what do we have? Well, we've got another question
7: for the crew. This is from Teresa on Facebook. Hi, Teresa. Uh, when you guys were in high school, did any of you fall asleep in class? And if so, what class was it?
4: Uh, no, I never did that. But I just didn't show up, so I'd sleep at home, and I wouldn't get out of bed. <laughs> wouldn't get I'm out tough. of bed and all that. I, I, uh, truancy was my friend in high school. But no, nah, well, usually when I showed up, I kind of paid attention. Uh, what about you, Eddie? I never fell asleep in class.
8: But I do remember one time uh, in Spanish class, one of my classmates did fall asleep, and the teacher grabbed an eraser from the chalkboard threw it at his head <laughs> and it bounced off and like a big puff of like white chalky smoke like went into the air Yeah, and the kid kind of woke up like what just happened? He probably teacher would probably be fired now if he did that.
4: Oh yeah uh, charges, felony charges child endangerment <laughs> in these days uh, What about you Roberto? Never fell asleep in class but I was a troublemaker in high school so detention, I was in detention all the time
2: Never, yeah, you yeah in, but never yeah. fell asleep.
4: Yeah, I'd, yeah, I was, a few, I was a class clown. few issues. Uh, some of my fondest memories, though, in school were when we had a substitute, and so, someone would go in there and take the teacher's guide and hide it. <laughs> yeah, and we, yeah. we would play hot, we'd play hot and cold with the teacher. <laughs> then watch him <them> sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we'd be like, oh, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, uh, you're getting colder, you're getting cold." Oh, my God, we couldn't do that now anymore. The kids today can't do that, right? You're getting, oh, my God, yeah. you're taking over. All right, what about you, Koobaloop? How did none of you ever
7: fall asleep in class? That's crazy. Because if to me. I was so
4: tired, I'd just stay asleep when I was uh, at home. I wouldn't even get out of bed. So, sure, the
7: better question is what class did I not fall asleep in? Yeah. The, the best one to, to get some Z's was, uh, was web design. Because you just you put your hand <laughs> on the mouse and the other hand on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> then so just fall like asleep like that. So, it looks like you're working on something.
8: Yeah,
5: oh, Teachers two. wouldn't let me when fall asleep I, When That's I was in high problem.
8: school, the internet didn't exist <laughs> yeah.
5: we, we, we had type. We yeah. had typewriting I class I we had did, yeah. I, did. <laughs> I did, I did Yeah, yeah. yeah I did too <laughs>
7: Yeah, I had typewriting
4: what? too, we learned how to type on a typewriter Roberto, you're not as old as that, what? No. <laughs> oh, wow oh. <laughs> Alright, it's Ask Ben Your questions are answers for the rest of the hour These are actual questions by actual listeners Like yourself Ben, uh, this one is for you, I believe
7: It's from Mike on Facebook It's, it's kind of sports related Uh, Mike wants to know, what's the best kind of broom, brand, or style to bring to a series sweep game?
8: They won't let you take brooms into the stadium. It's a weapon. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. When did that that happen? Oh, years ago.
4: Yeah, we got idiots like Angry Bill going around, and you can't can't have any fun. You can't can't sweep the dugout or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know any broom companies. What's a big broom company? I don't know.
7: Well, I mean, uh, uh, style of broom, but wow, that's... I can't believe. Well, I like
4: like a witch's broom, you know, like yeah. an old witch's broom, <laughs> that kind of broom. Like a more, straw broom. Yeah, like a straw. Mm. Yeah, because that would be offensive, you know. You're getting swept by an old witch's broom. Yeah, <laughs> not one of those. Not not one of those like industrial ones you get at Home Depot or whatever. you know, like an outdoor garden one. No, not that. Um,
7: all right, this one is for uh, for everybody. This is from Fluffy Dave. Hi, Fluffy. I hope you learned how to say the. Yeah. All right, if you were ever to become a motorcycle guy, what would you be driving? A sport bike, a cruiser, or a moped? Uh
4: no I think I get one of those big Harley's where, you know you can sit back and uh, I don't know if I do the high handlebars I think that would get I get tired you know you know those hand, the high handlebars and all that. I don't think I could handle that but uh, yeah good looking Harley these things are so big though I right, here's my complaint like I think you should only be allowed to drive between the lanes if you're in a small motorcycle these big motorcycles like another car driving between lanes I don't like it what about you Eddie
8: I'm sure I'd go for the crotch
4: rocket, you know. Like yeah.
8: <laughs> no, it's funny. Uh, I was with my wife and her ten-year-old nephew, and he's he said crotch rocket, and she got she's like, no, she got very upset with him. She's you can't offended. say that. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's actually what they call them. It's, that's, he didn't like just make that up. That's real. <laughs> she never lingo. heard that
3: before.
4: That's the lingo. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Roberto? Crotch <laughs> rocket? You're gonna go with no, that? Uh, no. Of Davidson, of course. The high
3: handlebars. Uh,
4: th- oh, you go high? Yeah. yeah I don't know A chopper.
3: That. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, and then you got to get the helmet, the sunglasses, and that's you, right. yeah, there you go. Cool.
7: uh I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to go with Eddie. I'd have to do like a sports bike. I just
4: you choose the croc, cross rocket. My, yeah, yeah, my
7: persona doesn't fit with a <laughs> Harley. <laughs> oh,
4: that's, <I> just, yeah.
7: <laughs>
8: I could just pull to, off a Harley. Yeah, yeah uh, you, you could, could. You yeah. could. I could not. A group on a Harley, bad to the bone,
4: playing the bass. I mean, Eddie,
7: Eddie could pull off riding
4: a Harley, too. Yeah, he could, too. Like I couldn't pull off a sport bike. Like a, no. I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you see a fat guy on a sport <laughs> bike, you're know, like, wow, what's wrong with that idiot? You know? <laughs> Harley's for the everyman. <laughs> It is,
7: yeah. Uh, right. Ben, we'll see if we can fit this in real quick.
8: It was a backhanded compliment by Coop for yeah, me on the way. Real quick.
7: That's for you. Uh, when you, What do you do in moments where you draw a blank and have nothing to say on air? I give out the number. Uh, that's
3: <laughs> what I do. Yeah, no, I, God, hand a okay.
4: guy. Uh, if I have nothing to say, I will just give out the number, my Twitter account, <laughs> and that means I have nothing else to say at all. <laughs>
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Please transmit immediately. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies.
3: Is it fact or fiction? Let's face some raw facts.
2: Lies, 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 yeah.
3: On the Ben Maller Show.
4: And it is fact or fiction brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you so we'll give you three stories they all sound kind of true and kind of ridiculous at the same time two of them are true you have to separate fiction from fact let's meet our celebrity panel of judges we'll say hello to everybody we've got leslie the power couple with jack the judge still hanging out on long island what's going on leslie Ben, you don't sound good. Do you have a cold, sweetie? Yeah, a little cold. I'm I'm do don't worry, I'm using garlic and chicken soup, so yes. I'll be I'll be all right.
2: Excellent.
4: Yeah. Perfect. It's not your chicken soup, Leslie, but yeah, it's, a, it's a oh, yeah. Sure. so sure. when when do the kids go back to school, Leslie? When are you leaving Long Island?
2: After Labor Day.
4: Alright, so you got a little time left, but it's coming up quick. Very quick. Coming up quick, yeah. In California, the, in Southern California, some of the kids are back in school right now. As same in Florida. It's crazy. Yeah, man. So I, when I was a kid, I thought summer lasted forever, but it's not that long, actually. They don't, they don't have that much time to go run amok. No. Yeah. That's
2: a good thing, too.
4: Yeah, yeah but that's less time for you to hang out with them, though, right, Leslie? This true. This yeah. is true. I got you. All right, hold on a sec, Leslie. Be good. Thank you. Hold on. There she goes. Our friend Leslie with Jack the Judge. We've got Rod, the ambassador of Bakersfield. Hello, Rod. Hey, what's going on, Stan Muffin? Wow. Ah. I have been called that since I was single back in the day. That's very kind of you to, to say that, Rod.
2: Well, well it's either that or twinkle toes, you know? Well, that,
4: yeah, of course, yeah. When are you coming to hang out with us again, Rod? We haven't had you down here in a while. You should come by sometime.
2: Well, I was going go to come down this, this next week, but we've got a shutdown coming up, so I can't get out of here.
3: All right.
2: And uh, so we're going to head down there. Unfortunately, it'll probably be when Mr. Garcia's overseas.
3: Yeah,
4: that's all right. More food for us. I don't care. That's fine. Let him go. I don't care. Let him do his own thing. Go. Yeah. But, uh, we'll be seeing you
0: soon, then. We'll get there. All
4: right. all right, Rod. Thank you, buddy. Rod was very kind. We, Rod's a friend because we had a meal in Bakersfield with Rod. It's a fine restaurant, steak place there. It was really cool. All right, now, JJ in Renton. Hello, JJ, the Seahawks insider, JJ. Oh, man, I'm not no Seahawks insider, Ben. You know, I just went to training camp. I'm going to actually going to uh, – the Oakland Raider game on the 29th, so I could rub something in Raider Rob's face. Yeah. Now, JJ, let me ask you this now, JJ. Uh, My rumor, I started a rumor earlier that if Mariota sucks for the Titans this year, he'll be the backup to Russell Wilson next year. What do you think? No, I like Pax and I told you that. Oh, stop. Stop. (laughs) You're losing all credibility with that. You know that.
2: I'm just telling you, the dude's, what, six seven man? The dude looked nice. You're going to trigger stop Koopaloo- smoking weed.
4: Koopaloop's
7: going to scream you. Know who at else you? was tall? Jamarcus Russell.
2: <laughs> hey, wh- hey, man, Coop. <laughs> hey, it's your Broncos' fault that they got rid of him, but, you know, maybe he needed a better quarterback coach.
4: Yeah, I'm sure that's it. I'm sure it's just the quarterback need coach.
2: a wrong!
4: All right, be judge, a better judge. quarterback, period. Let's see. Uh, Jeff in Indiana. Jeff, do you want to be a judge, Jeff? Hey, Ben Miley, my second day on the show, and I get to be on Facts and Fishes. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, it, this is a dream come true. Uh, your life is changing in magical ways. It's going to be a great day, Jeff, because of this. Awesome. Let's roll with the bunches. All right. You're, you're working right now?
3: I am actually on my way to work right now.
4: All right. And for those that don't know what you do for a living, like everybody in Beaver Dam, the guy in Beaver Dam has got a friend in Punksatani who knows somebody. Somebody over in Rancho Cucamonga, what do you do for a living there, Jeff?
3: I'm what they call a lean manufacturing specialist. I go in, I consolidate, and I allocate systems.
4: It's a lot of big words there. It sounds uh, sounds very important. All right, hold on a second. And we have someone that has seven toes, the seven-toed drag queen, Phylexis in Rochester. Hello, Phylexis.
8: Hello, Ben. You know, Cowboy from Windsor, I think he has an Disney crisis, and also Magic Chuck Johnson' birthday today. He turned
4: sixty. How about yeah. that? That's one of the great upsets of our time. The Magic turned that, sixty. Right? That's amazing. Good for Magic. Why? Wow. What kind yeah. of cocktail of drugs is he on every day? But it's working. It's amazing. Oh, I, I remember, I man. I was on. Dude, I was on the radio around that time. Magic went, you know, when he went out with the HIV, and no, he'll never play again. He's going to die in two years, and here he oh, is, yeah. in his, uh, sixty years old. Good for him. Yeah. All right, all right, hold on, uh, Alexis. There there you go. All right, three stories real quick. Story number one, uh, seeing double Lonzo Ball. Figure out which of these is not true. Lonzo Ball making some headlines this week with a tattoo. Ball showing off a full arm sleeve with incredible detailed portraits of African-American civil rights leaders such as Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, and more. The portraits were limited to leaders of the past, though the tattoo also featured... Yeah, bro, you'll be ready for this one, uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah why not? Uh, story number two, Bozo Buckeyes. I mean, that guy, the Ohio State insider used to call the show. He didn't call anymore. If you've ever watched those those player introductions, you know during Monday Night Football, you know Ohio State alumni always emphasize the. Ohio State, or the Ohio State. Well, Ohio State is attempting to capitalize on the most commonly used word in the English language. The brainiacs at Ohio State in Columbus have filed an application to trademark the word the. All right, Story number three, love and war. Remember that MMA fighter war machine a couple years back? uh, He was convicted of 29 felony counts, life in prison, rape, and beating of his girlfriend nearly to death. Well, Turns out that makes him more attractive to certain women, so much so that War Machine got married this week in prison to a prison pen pal. Now, there was no conjugal visit there allowed, and he won't be eligible for parole until 71 years old. That's love. All right, real quick, Leslie, one, two, or three, Leslie? One. All right, one. Thank you, Rod. One, two, or three, Rod? You added one too many faces, number one. Number one. J.J., what's the answer, J.J.? I'm taking number two. Number two. Jeff, one, two, or three, Jeff? Definitely rolling with number two. Got it. Number two. All right. Jeff says number two. Phylexis, one, two, or three?
2: Number three. No, it's number one was
4: the fake story. No number Kaepernick five. on that tattoo. Number one. Got a murder. Got to go. Some of you got it right.
3: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
0: with your amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last make every tap music to your ears